What's going on, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the MLB Takeover Podcast, brought to you by the Takeover Podcast Network. Alongside Matt Daniel, like I am, Chris Lavalley, we have an exciting show for you all this week. Matt, what can they expect? Aside from me dancing to the intro music, because I didn't realize that the video was going to come up so fast, nothing. Um, Albert Pujols, the pitcher, look out, Shohei Otani. Uh, Max Scherzer's out six to eight weeks with an oblique strain. Nate Uvalde gave up a historic five home runs in one inning on Tuesday. We're going to get angry about Major League Baseball deadening the balls, and we're going to talk about the best ballpark foods. All right, but before we get into the show, we here at the Takeover Sports Network have teamed up with Prize Picks, and they have a special offer for all of our listeners and viewers, new users. That deposit and use the promo code TAKEOVER will receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projection, and you can win up to 10 times in any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks has a ton of stats to choose from, including points, rebounds, assists, three-pointers, made fantasy points, and more. Prize Picks also allows mixed board entries. For example, you can take the over on Steph combined with the under on Jordan Spieth in the same entry. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks has an award-winning, easy-to-use mobile app, which you can find both on the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's just that easy. So, if you're looking for a fun and easy way to play daily fantasy, be sure to check out Prize Picks and don't forget to use the promo code Takeover so that they know that we sent you. That is Prize Picks promo code Takeover. And yes, Albert Pujols apparently can pitch well, not well. <laughs> so last Sunday, Pujols gave Allegedly. the Cardinals 27 pitches in relief. His fastball is registered in the blistering range of 55.2 miles per hour to 69.6 miles per hour, and his great curveball is registered at 48.7 miles per hour, one of which was taken over the fence by Joey Bart. Evan Longoria hit a single and then asked for the ball afterwards, and this was Pujols' final stat line. One inning pitch, three hits, four earned runs, one walk, zero strikeouts, and a 36.0 ERA. So... I think Shohei Otani is going to be okay. I don't think Albert Pujols is going to steal his thunder just yet. But that was really cool that they actually did that. I thought that was a lot of fun. In a league that is just so sometimes, especially like now we're hitting, we're hitting, you know, we just talked last week about how we just got through about a fifth of the season as we were contextualizing the MVPs. We're about to hit summertime. So two things are going to happen. One, hitters are going to heat up. Right. That's what happens in baseball, which is great. But also people are going to forget about baseball for two months because they're going to be at the beach. They're going to be outside. They're going to be with their families. Kids are going to be on summer vacation. Like it's it's not going to be not that it's necessarily in the public eye all the time anyway, which is a problem for baseball. But we're about to hit the slogs, the dog days of summer. And it's just it's a reminder that baseball is supposed to be fun. Yeah. Like, like saying, Hey, you know what? We are absolutely crushing the giants today. Albert, you've never pitched before. You want to get out there? Like that's the stuff that would happen. If you were about to mercy somebody in little league, you pick the worst kid on your roster. You go, Hey, you got called up to play with the U 13 kids, but you're eight years old. You're go, go take the mound. I don't care if you walk seven batters, like it's fine. Just go have the experience. And Pujols got to do that. And honestly, the what made me want to talk about this was Evan Longoria's reaction to getting the first ever hit of Albert Pujols. Because those guys, I mean, Longoria's been around a long time, too. Him and Pujols have played against each other many times. They've both been in the American League, you know, for a good portion of their careers. Obviously, NL now. But, I mean, Longoria was in Tampa for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
and just he, he reached across the plate for that. It was a 58 mile an hour. I don't even know what you would call it. I don't know that you can call it a curveball. It was kind of just a looper. Kind of just did one of these. Batting practice, bitch. Yeah, and and Longoria had to reach across the plate like he was playing wiffle ball in the backyard just to get the head of the bat on it. Tapped it out into you know the outfield for a base hit, and he's laughing all the way to first base, chuckling, you know. And then he's and then he asked for the ball, and I was like, "This is the best thing I've seen in baseball in like 35 games so far this year," because it was just it was just fun. It was just guys in the backyard having a good time playing baseball. It wasn't lockouts and multi-million dollar contracts and and anything like that. It was just guys enjoying playing baseball. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's what baseball has always been. At least when you when you think about a lot of the sports growing up, baseball was always the fun sport. Everybody wanted to play baseball. You know, basketball and football, there, there's a much more of a serious nature to it. Yeah, sure, you have fun playing the game. But baseball, I think a lot of it has to do with the weather, the fact that it's summertime, kids aren't in school. So, like, the the thought of baseball just kind of, you know, comes to mind. It's just fun. And we haven't seen that in Major League Baseball over the last few years, obviously, because of all the drama and everything that's been surrounding the lockout and everything else. So it is. It's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing that baseball, in some ways, can get back to it. And it was nice that the Giants didn't get all butthurt about the fact that Pujols was pitching. Exactly. Because we have seen that too, where it's like, oh, this is the unwritten rule of baseball. You shouldn't be showing up your your opponent. The fact that like they all just had fun with it and it was what it was, um, you know, it's just it's it's nice. It's it's refreshing and it's nice to see. I agree. And it you know the thing about baseball too, you know, when you're playing basketball, you've got you've got forty eight minutes of nonstop action, basically. I mean, unless it's an NBA playoff game, but we won't talk about that today. Um 48 minutes of nonstop action pretty much where you're just trying it's it's possession after possession after possession and possessions only last 24 seconds where you're trying to kill the other team in baseball. There's a lot more downtime. So you have the opportunity to talk to your teammates, to joke around, to stand on first base for a 10 pitch at bat and shoot the shit with, you know, the opposing team's first baseman, you know, to those kinds of things don't, exists i mean it happens obviously like i've made friends playing basketball we i've had you know i've laughed with guys that i've played against like that's definitely happened but it's not the same as baseball where you really have the time and the opportunity to you know to do that stuff and 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 it's just it is cool i like what you said about san francisco because you're right it could have been taken totally differently it could have been this whole thing but it's like, man, it's a 162-game season. You're getting your butts kicked. You're not coming back from 13 runs down or whatever they were at the time. Right. You know, like, let's let one of the sports legends that's still in the game do something he's never done before. Exactly. And look, go out there and try and hit a home run off him. <laughs> By all means. Oh, yeah. No, you totally. got to lay down. You know? But I I like it. I wonder if maybe baseball should should put in a rule that every player has to pitch at least one inning in the 162 game season to qualify for the playoffs. That would be entertaining. That would definitely, I, yeah. I mean, or if you're, or if you're winning by like, you know, if you're winning by more than 10 runs, you have to start throwing in random position players or something like that. Uh, if you're, you know, once you hit like the eighth inning or something, if, if you're still up by double digits, make it more interesting. Yeah. I like that. I think, I think that, and that would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm mean, God knows baseball needs to get eyeballs to the, uh, to the screens along with the stadiums. Speaking of 
Well, actually, not really speaking of, of eyeballs to the screen. No one's going to see him for a while. Max Scherzer is going to be out six to eight weeks. MRI revealed moderate to high-grade internal obliques, oblique strain. Can't speak this morning. Left Wednesday's game in the middle of an at-bat with side discomfort. In eight starts this season, Scherzer has a 2.54 ERA along with 59 strikeouts. The Mets still sit atop the NL East but have now lost both Scherzer and DeGrom. According to Andy McAuliffe of the, Atla- of the Athletic, the Mets will look to left-hander David Peterson to pick up the slack with Scherzer out. Peterson has, uh, was a first-round pick in 2017 and has posted a 1.89 ERA in four outings this year. We talked about Scherzer earlier this or actually I think almost every other week on this show, about how great he's been. This hurts. So they've now lost both of their aces. Yes, they're still winning, but this is the problem with the Mets, and this is what we always kind of sit back, and we're we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, and Mm -hmm. this might be the beginning of that shoe dropping. I'm not saying the Mets can't win without Scherzer, but they're not going to win as as many games without him. He's just – he's been that that great this year. It's it's unbelievable, by the way, how good that dude is. At 37 years old, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, literally. So my notes go as follows. Scherzer out six to eight weeks, moderate to high grade oblique strain. This is so Mets. <laughs> it is. It's so Mets. It really Look, is. You forgot to mention that Miguel is also on the IL right now. Oh yeah. My bad. Okay. Yeah. Pretty sure right. he's on your fantasy team. So I'm surprised you neglected to mention. So three of the five starters that the Mets would like to have in their rotation are not able to pitch for at least the foreseeable future. Um, I saw a pretty cool stat. I was look, doing some research. CBS Sports put it up. Um, Scherzer has started 27 games in every 162-game season since 2009. Damn. Talk about okay. a workhorse. Right. I'm just I'm sitting back. I'm just trying to – I'm thinking about other pitchers in this generation that are on the level of Scherzer, and I can think of two, only two. And that's Verlander and Kershaw. I don't know of another pitcher. I think that is on that level of of just greatness. And I th- I think Scherzer's forgotten about. I know it sounds weird, but I just feel like he's not talking. He's not talked about. We always talk about. He Verlander. pitched for the Nationals and then went and pitched for the Mets. Well, and then had a year with the Dodgers. Hold on, let's back up for a second. Yeah, he did. I I, I just. I just feel like he's he's kind of just an afterthought when we talk about the great pitchers of the game. I feel like Scherzer is the, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. That guy's really awesome, but he's just not someone that comes to the forefront when we have these types of conversations. I would argue that peak Max Scherzer can be held up on an equal plane with any of those guys that we just talked about. Yeah, no, I, I think they're all on the same level. I, I'm just saying I was trying to I was trying to think if there was like yeah. a fourth pitcher. Maybe DeGrom, if he could stay healthy, would well, be look, on that we're level. Just talking pure stuff. Like DeGrom is is Jesus. Like that's it. You know. Um but I think from a from a dominance and and reliability standpoint, I think you're right. I think it's Kershaw, I think it's Verlander, and I and I think it's Scherzer. Look, I really hope that this doesn't put him out. Like, I want to see if if the Mets can hold this together with duct tape and chewed up gum, right? Also, I really hope that David Peterson's awesome because he's on my fantasy team. He has been awesome when he's pitched, but they just keep pulling him from starts, which I don't understand. Anyway, 
anyway. Analytics, man. Analytics. I really hope if the Mets can hold this together and make the playoffs, all I care about in that scenario is the Grom and Scherzer being able to pitch in the playoffs. So I really hope that they can get right for a playoff run, but also without them to guarantee you two wins a week, pretty much. That's you're starting starting to be staring down the barrel of maybe we could go on a pretty bad slide here. Yeah. Very quickly. I, I mean, I know they just, they won the other night in walk-off fashion. So, I mean, look, look, they're, they're fine. They're, they're, they're hanging their heads above water. But as you said, this is very Mets Mm -hmm. and all it takes is another player and it doesn't have to be on the pitching staff to go out. And then it's just, to me, it's just going to be a domino effect on that team. It's, it's, Right. So like, what's the next step? The next step is Francisco Lindor gets hit on the hand and he's got a fracture and he's out for six to eight weeks also. And then Chris Bassett comes back to earth and starts giving up, you know, his ERA gets blown up to five instead of 2.3 or whatever he's at right now. Like Taiwan Walker hasn't looked good since he came back really. To be honest with you, I think there's, I think it's coming. I mean, I've been predicting it the entire time. This just reaffirms my belief that the Mets will continue to be the Mets and that there's not really any actual hope, even when they give you hope. Speaking of not having hope, let's talk about the Red Sox. The (laughs) Astros tie Major League Baseball's record with five home runs in one inning off of the Red Sox's Nathan Evaldi. Astros put up five home runs in the second inning of Tuesday night's game against the Red Sox's Evaldi. The home runs were by Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Jeremy Pena, Michael Brantley, and Yuli Gurriel. I believe is how you say that name. Okay, good. I didn't completely botch that. Evaldi gave up eight runs in that inning. He gave up 15 home runs all of last season and has already surrendered 14 this season, which is most in Major League Baseball. Nah, I'm just going to let you go. Go ahead. Talk about your great team. I uh, First of all, they have been better as of late. Um, it helps to play a series against the Mariners. But they uh, look, they took they they competed with the Astros during that series. They did. Right? Sure. Zan- Xander's been hitting. Rafi's been hitting. Verdugo's getting better. You know, uh, it makes it makes a big difference when the bats are, are actually, you know, making contact and putting some runs on the board because – this pitching staff is lacking and it's been lacking and we know it and good God, I'm going to say it for the second year in a row. Do we need Chris sale? I don't care what anybody says. He might not be the Chris sale that he was when we were winning the world series, but he's still pretty much better than anything else that we have in our pitching staff. They have practically ruined Garrett Whitlock by trying to turn him into a starter. It's Jabba Chamberlain all over again. Guy should just be the closer. He should just be the closer. He should just be the closer for the love of God. Tanner Houck has been really bad um, after a great year last year. They're moving him to the bullpen. But anybody who's surprised by Nate Uvalde giving up a ton of home runs doesn't know anything about Nate Uvalde. If you are like, oh, I can't believe it, man. I can't believe Uvalde's been so bad. Then you just started watching Uvalde pitch for the Red Sox last year. Because this is who Valdi's been. It's who he was when he was in the minors. It's who he was when he was with the Yankees. It's who he was the moment he got to Boston. He's got yeah. a quality I mean, fastball. Great. He's got a good slider now he's added, he's worked on. But he struggles with command. 
and he's inconsistent with his placement, which means that there are going to be times where it's just you're just going to see it coming with Evaldi. If you're look look at the batters that took him deep in that inning: Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Jeremy Pena, Michael Brantley, Yuli Gurriel. All right, Alvarez is one of the best young sluggers in the game. Kyle Tucker is one of the best young hitters in the game. Yuli Gurriel has been hitting home runs off of people for like 20 years. Michael Brantley, same thing. Jeremy Pena is one of the best young guys to come up this year. It's not like he's given these up. to Like, if you're a smart bat, if you know what you're doing at the plate, you can read Nate Evaldi when he's off his game. When he's on his game, good luck. Because it doesn't matter if you see it coming. He's going to blow it right by you. He's one of those pitchers that it's either when it's on, it's on. Mm-hmm. And when it's off, it's just terrible. But there's no in-between for him. It's, That's why it's, last season was such a miracle because he kept it together for right. the entire year, pretty much. And that's we've never seen him do that. And look, I like progression's not linear. Okay. Just because you you all right, so 2019, he did this, 2020. He was he, he was actually pretty good in 2020 as well. It's just it was a shortened season. Right. 2021, he comes out, he has a career year. That might be the best of all that we ever see. He also hasn't had run support for the most part until recently, and he doesn't have a bullpen he can lean on. So, not that we had a bullpen he could lean on last year. It's just, I'm not surprised. Uvalde joins Chase Anderson, who did it in 2020, and Michael Blazek in 2017 as the only two pitchers in MLB history to give up five home runs in a single inning. So, before we move on, I do want to give your team a little bit of credit. You guys are on a four-game winning streak. You're seven and three in your last ten. You know that's that's pretty good. You're no longer in last place. You're eleven and a half. They were better the than the Baltimore Orioles. So you know, well, I hey, man, that's that's everything, isn't it? Just to be better than the Baltimore Orioles, that just shows in a division with four playoff teams. Yes, being better than the Baltimore Orioles matters. Speaking of the Orioles, uh, in a we had a we had a we had a network meeting last night, and our boy uh, boy Tyler from the Big Twelve takeover show was talking about his Baltimore Orioles and, and he wanted to, to bring up, or I'm going to bring him up, but he wants to come on at some point and talk about um, Adley Rutschman, the rookie catcher yep, um, for the Orioles who, uh, who in his first at bat hit a triple. So he just wanted to talk about the fact that the Orioles at least have something, you know, a little bit of a bright spot going for him. So I just wanted to shout out that player for him real quick. Who actually yeah, well, does, he does look pretty good. So so Tyler, two things, man. Well, three things. Number one, come on the show anytime. We can not do it at 7.30 a.m. on a Sunday if it's, you know, if that doesn't work for you. Um, two, the Baltimore Orioles have a lot to be excited about. Because for the first time since Manny Machado, they have multiple prospects and multiple guys that are in their everyday rotation that are actually really good. Look, Santander's look good again this year. Um, you know, Cedric like Mullins is still really good in center field. This is the type of team that if they just play their cards right and add a couple of pieces, if they actually spend a little bit of money as they develop these guys over the next five years, this can be a Houston Astros situation where the Astros sucked for three seasons, added a bunch of assets, and then went and signed guys. And all of a sudden, you've got a five to seven to eight year stretch where you're competing. It's just a matter of whether or not Baltimore ownership is willing to actually do that, which clearly, given that they never keep their stars, they're not willing to do. Honestly, like, let's before I get to the third thing for Tyler about the Orioles, I, it's funny how many Orioles thoughts I have, but let's get 
let's look at, at this is how it's going to sound terrible. Trey Mancini had cancer. Trey Mancini beat cancer, right? Hell of a story. If Trey Mancini doesn't get diagnosed with cancer and just continues to smash baseballs, there's a 0% chance that guy's still on this roster. Right. You're the not wrong. The only reason that the Orioles still have Trey Mancini on their roster is because he had cancer and had to miss a year of baseball and then work his way back. If he had just continued on his all-star caliber pace he was on, somebody mm-hmm. else would have paid him and Baltimore would not have. Yes. Yep. The only, like, the, all of this promise can turn to heartbreak really fast if your ownership group doesn't pay the guys that you need to keep. As for Rashman, I would argue that he is the most important prospect in baseball. Because just like MJ Melendez, who we talked about a couple of weeks ago, dude has a hammer. And he's really smart at the plate. And you they're just there's like five catchers that matter in baseball. Maybe less than that. So if you can get one that can be a cat be your catcher for 10 years and bat over 230 and hit you know 25 to you know Salvador Perez 41 home runs that's huge that is a spot in your lineup that is typically if not a minus just a net zero so if you've got this young guy that can come up and smash from there I mean look at all the love the Yankees gave to Gary Sanchez before they realized he was a total bum because mm-hmm. he could hit the ball. Right. Right. He might be a terrible backstop and he might be a streaky batter. He's basically Aaron Hicks with a catcher's mask on and more power. <laughs> but like That's but fair. look at how look at how long of a leash they gave him because what are you going to replace him with? Well, Who else and, can you yeah. get at the catcher position that can hit home runs like that? Right. No, you're right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So Tyler, you should be you should be really excited about this team. I don't want to I don't want to ruin all of your hopes and dreams by suggesting that Baltimore will probably not keep this roster together. But if they do and they continue to build it the way they've been building it, you have a lot to be excited about. All right. Matt wants to get angry. So we're going to get angry here. So major league baseball home runs are way down in 2022. According to CBS sports, home runs are way down in 2022 because major league baseball has tinkered and deadened the baseballs. MLB has a history of tinkering with the baseballs. They're inconsistent about how they physically tinker with the baseball. It depends on the year and whether they're looking for more or less home runs. Since 2015, we've seen an average home run rate per team fluctuate year after year after year. All right, Matt, go. So look, in 2019, Major League Baseball set a record for the most home runs ever in a season. The average per game was 1.39 homers per game. Last year, that number dropped to 1.22. Last year, and that coincides with Major League Baseball mixing up the balls. So they used their standard ball that they used in 2019, 50% of the time, and they used their deadened ball 50% of the time. Mind you, with no tracking information at all. So we have absolutely no idea when they were mixing them in, when they were what they were, who knows. This year in Major League Baseball, now mind you, I'll I'll give this one caveat to this information. It's early in the year, and the bats for a lot of these guys usually don't heat up until June, July. However, 
0.9 home runs per game. Extrapolate that across 162 games per season, 30 teams. You're talking about hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of home runs that are not going to be hit in Major League Baseball this year. Chris, aside from Albert Pujols pitching, what is the most exciting thing that can happen in a baseball game? Home runs. Is that not the whole point? Is that not the whole point? The best thing that in any all-star event is the home run derby. Still to this day, even though it's not even that interesting anymore, the home run derby is the best. What did we do when we were kids playing wiffle ball in your backyard? And trying to hit home runs. Trying to hit a home run. That's all this. That's all it's about. At your bachelor party, we played a wiffle ball game. (laughs) And I made the greatest athletic play of my entire life, and I robbed what? A home run. A home run. It's all that matters, as a, especially as a casual fan, or if you're watching on TV, or if you're watching highlights. I don't I – yeah, do I want to see a great diving catch? Absolutely. Do I care more if you got up on the wall and saved a home run? Yes, absolutely. The What people forget – and I understand that obviously it was shrouded in controversy and steroids, but the McGuire Sosa event of that summer of 98, right? It was 98, I think 98 or 90. Yeah. 98. It was 98. What might've been the most exciting time in baseball in like the last 50 years. There has never, it is never, it was never more popular. It was never more talked about. It was everywhere. Every and back then, obviously, we didn't have social media. But on the cover of ESPN, the magazine, Sports Illustrated, whatever, it, any sports magazine you could see in the in the supermarket, you either saw McGuire's face or Sosa's face for an entire summer. It was all over Sports Center. It was all over the local sports news. It didn't even matter. Like in Connecticut, we were hearing local sports news about the Cardinals and the Cubs and the home run chase every day. We were in math class doing Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire math problems. That's I dude, that's what I remember. I remember seeing it on the Crazy. newspaper every morning. I remember seeing it on the TV whenever my dad had on the news or ESPN. And I remember distinctly that year being in math class and figuring out the batting averages based on the number of hits and at bats. Like that is the level of it. Like we're bringing it into math class. Right. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that's the thing is to get back to it. Home runs matter in baseball. It's the most exciting thing. It's the same thing. It would be like if the NBA prevented you from from dunking the basketball. Yeah, we're not. We don't want you guys to do it anymore. It it just it it's that type of impact. You know, someone can hit a really clutch three in an NBA game, and the crowd goes insane. But if somebody gets up, dunks the ball in somebody's face, gets an and one, there is nothing that excites a home crowd more than their team slamming the ball into somebody else's face. It's just it, – it's what it does. The same thing with a home run. Yep. You get your hometown team hits a ma- just a masher of a home run. You could be down by 10 runs. The stadium's going to erupt because that's what people want to see. That's what excites the fans. So why you would doctor baseballs and make it harder – to get your the offensive talent that you have in your league to be able to to do what they do best, which is hit home runs, why you would prevent that from happening makes no sense. Which then to me just circles back to why Rob Manfred is the worst, the worst commissioner of all time in any sport. 
it's really egregious. And it's like, couple it with, so this ties into two things. One, you've all these five home runs in an inning look even worse now because he gave up five dingers in a single inning with deadened baseballs, mind you. These other guys did it with hot baseballs. Right. Okay. But more importantly is the fact that we still have the shift, right? Mm -hmm. We're allowing these, these, these formation switches based on where batters hit. But then also at the same time that we are reducing a batter's ability to hit to their gaps, we are also reducing their ability to hit for power. So what's the goal here? Do we just want, do we just want like a fly out, a ground out and like a, you know, in in a K every inning? Is that the goal? We want better defensive statistics in baseball. Who the hell wants that? I I don't get it. I mean, I don't understand. Nobody, nobody sits down and goes, you know what? Unless it's a pitcher's duel, that's different. But outside of that, I don't know too many but that's people. That's not a go, defensive battle. That's no, 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 no. That's my point. Is yeah. that like I don't know if too many people that go to the ballpark and go, you know, I hope the team only scores one run today. Yeah, I, I would like I would like my pitcher to only get three strikeouts, but they're gonna the other team's still gonna score zero runs. Yeah, we, we get I'd to like really to watch a lot it of great defense. defense. It, right, exactly. I want to see <laughs> Dustin Pedroia really lay out at second base and break a couple more bones today. Exactly. Yeah, it just it doesn't make any sense. And and the fact that baseball has has continued to screw around with the with the balls over the last seven years, six years, and they've probably done it longer, it just really hasn't been reported. Let's be real about it. But the fact that it's it's become such a major sticking point for them, it just doesn't make sense. I don't understand where they're going with this or what they're trying to accomplish. Listen. Do you know how big in circumference a official size and weight NBA basketball is no. 29.5 inches. Do you know what they pump it up to for PSI before a game? I Tom somewhere. Brady might, but I, I, believe, <laughs> I believe it's like 12 to 15 or somewhere in that range. Do you know what those numbers were in 1975? The same, the exact same. The brand might change. You might get a different grip on the outside of the ball. Guys might not like it. They might play around depending on how the sponsorships go, whatever, what kind of deal the NBA gets. But the size and weight of the ball, the makeup of the ball is going to be the same. Why on earth baseball continues to change? Look, you want to say, oh, there was the steroid era, all those home runs, whatever, these guys, you know, Fine. Okay, great. You want to say whatever you want to say about all the outside factors. The one control that you have is the physical baseball, right? Because teams can build the ballpark how they want. You can't control the weather. You have standards on what kind of bats you can use, and you have an exact specific standard of baseball. And everybody is in an uproar all the time about the – unwritten rules of the game and the history of baseball and we can't change this because x y and z right we can't move the pitcher's mound back six inches because we've been doing it this way for 165 years why then can we change the baseball the baseball we play with now should be the same baseball we've played with since like 1985 right yeah, I mean, I, still crushing dingers back in the fifties and sixties. Why do we need a different baseball now? 
I don't have any answers. I'm just like, it's just, it because to me, it's so stupid. It's so absurd. It doesn't make any sense. And yet baseball continues to shoot themselves in the foot constantly. It's, yeah. it's daily at this point. And we, t- we talked about it when the season was starting. You know, like, all right, look, at least, we, at least we have games, but they really screwed the pooch on how they handled all of this. Well, maybe they'll figure, you know, they need to find ways to make, to bring people, bring the fans that were ticked off with how this whole thing took place in the offseason, bring them back to the game. Yep. And now this report comes out. Yeah, yeah, the way they decided to handle that was less home runs. Right. <laughs> right. Let's take away the thing that brings you guys to the games. We're going to take those away too. It, it's just, it, it's absolutely mind-boggling how poorly baseball is run right now. The other thing on this is, look, most people don't sit down and watch full baseball games, right? Most people don't. I don't have time to sit down and watch a four-and-a-half-hour Red Sox game most of the time. I might listen to it. I definitely follow it on the game cast so I know what's going on inning by inning, at bat by at bat, so I can check it out. That's great. But, I mean, the way that most people consume baseball is highlights. Right. Right? Yep. Like, Web Gems and Sports Center Top 10 and whatever other thing that you follow that puts out highlights. So you're reducing the content that's consumed automatically by having less home runs because that's less highlights. That's mm-hmm. less clicks. That's less eyes on whatever you are selling as Major League Baseball. And it just, there is there is no logical explanation for it. Like, no sane person could look at this and say, hey, you know what we should do? I, You know, I... I don't, I just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand what they're thinking. And frankly, this is how baseball dies eventually, as far exactly. as, as far as popularity is concerned. I mean, it's already losing its popularity as we speak, but I mean, this is, how, this is how you kill a sport is you keep screwing around with it, taking advantage of the fans, taking advantage of your, of your players to a point where, yeah, you know, are you going to have people who are going to want to make it to the majors? Of course, it's an opportunity for a good living, and, and you get to play a sport for your yeah. People career. are still going to love baseball, but, but are the product you gonna... can't survive without millions of TV dollars and tickets? Exactly, sales. exactly. And that's the thing is that aside from your, you know, you were talking about how you know you don't have the time to sit down and watch a game. The only time I sit down right now, anyway, to watch a game is Yankees Red Sox. That's it. Yeah. That is the only time I, to me, that's appointment viewing for me. But I don't sit down and watch every Yankees game. No. Like you said, who has the time to do that? You just, it's just, it's unrealistic because of how long the game is. Yep. But now, now that I know that I'm going to sit down and I don't get to, I, you guys are trying to make it so Aaron Judge and, and Stanton can't hit as many home runs as they do because you just, for whatever reason, you just don't feel like that's a necessity. Why am I going to sit down and watch a game then? If I already know that the offensive the offensive output of my team is not going to be what it should be because you guys are screwing with the baseballs. Yep. What's the point? Exactly. Speaking of screw you, Rob ball games, Yeah, exactly. Going to ball games, we have to talk about the best ballpark food. Because why not? It's like Matt said, summer's coming. People are gonna go to ball games, whether it's major league games or a minor league game, doesn't matter, whatever, whatever you're able to go to, it's gonna happen at some point. Oh yeah. What is your go-to ballpark food? Well, number one, especially if you're at Fenway, 
I'm getting a hot dog. I'm getting an Nathan's hot dog. It's happening, period. I also probably want some cheesy fries. But, I mean, a hot dog and fries is, like, number one. I mean, that's, like, oh, wow, great take. Great take, Matt. Is this the reason you have your own show? Like, yeah, but it's know? true, though. But it's true. It's true. It's a hot dog and, and some form of French fries. Curly fries if I can get them. To me, it's it's a a hot dog and a Miller Lite. Like you give that to me. That is that is just the epitome of ballpark of of sitting down and watching a game and a pretzel. Give me a pretzel too. I was just gonna say I can't believe you didn't lead with <laughs> and a pretzel. pretzel. I need a pretzel. But to start off, if I'm if I'm going in order, I'm gonna go get myself a hot dog first. I'll go stand in line for two hours for a beer that costs twenty dollars. Yeah, and uh, then I'll go get a pretzel later on. But yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, and if you want to spice it up a little bit, you can go get a fried dough. Or, I was just going to you know, say fried dough. Fried dough, yourself some fried dough always. But uh, Cracker Jacks to me are overrated. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, I don't really understood either. I don't want to spend the entire seventh inning picking stuff out of my teeth. Right. And the popcorn at stadiums are so salty. And, cr- and I get it. It's, you know, you buy the popcorn. Now you got to go get a soda or a beer because, you you know, you can't breathe. You got all yeah. that salt just accumulating in your esophagus, but yeah, I mean, I I do. I think I think if we're if you're gonna Mount Rushmore it, I would say you know you you got to put a hot dog there, a beer or a soda, whatever you know, whatever tickles your fancy, a it's cold beer. drink. Let's we'll put it that real. way. Well, you know, for for the sub twenty one year olds, but yeah, uh, a beer. I would say a pretzel for me anyway goes up there, and then either fries, curly fries, or fried dough, whatever whatever you prefer. Yeah, I've got I've got a hot dog, fries, and and fried dough up on my up on my Mount Rushmore. Nothing healthy about my trip to the ballpark, that's for sure. Nor should it be. It's a ballpark. No. You're not you're going to a stadium. You're not supposed to eat healthy. Um, all right, you got anything else? No, I mean uh, I've got some uh, I've got some words that I can't say on this network for Rob Manfred. Um, <laughs> but outside of that, no. All right. No, should we do should we do 60 seconds on the Celtics absolutely blowing it to the heat last night? Go ahead. Go. Yeah, I'll give you 60 seconds. Go. Jimmy Butler goes out in the third quarter. Bam Adebayo is carrying this team. The Heat have nobody else but Victor Oladipo. Jason Tatum is 3 for 13 with 8 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Goes out with a fake shoulder injury. Comes back 2 minutes later. Runs through a Bam Adebayo screen with the same shoulder, apparently without issue. And him and Jalen Brown just turned the ball over and turned the ball over and turned the ball over and turned the ball over. And that was the most embarrassing, bad Boston sports loss I've seen in a long time. And I've been watching the Red Sox for the last 35 games. All right. So that was your NBA take on the MLB Takeover podcast, which... You can check out Matt. Matt's going to be doing a little bit more NBA talk as we progress through this NBA postseason. All right, everybody, that's going to do for this week's edition of the MLB Takeover Podcast, brought to you by the Sideline Network. I mean, wow. Whoa, throwback, baby. Throwback. Sorry, guys. Uh, Brought to you by the Takeover. Takeover. Sideline's dead. Wow, that was was bad. That was really bad. I'm sorry, Blaine. That was awful. Brought to you by the Takeover Podcast Network. Please be sure to subscribe on the YouTube channel. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts. And that is it. That's all we have for you this week. On behalf of Matt, I'm Chris, and we'll talk to you all again next week.